You're listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible as Literature. Hi, this is Father Mark Bulos, and you are listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible as Literature podcast. In today's program, Father Paul explains that circumcision was given to undermine Hellenistic culture. I am delighted to introduce Father Paul on the Bible as Literature podcast, Tarazi Tuesdays. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants, which is that famous Zerah, which is repeated at the end of the verse. To be got to you and to your zera after you, and notice to be God to you. So I will establish my covenant between me and you and your zera after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant. Okay, berit olam, which parallels what we heard in nine sixteen in conjunction with Noah. Okay. Very important. It's a very pregnant text, if I may say so. And then the repetition to be God to you and to your descendants. Remember, Yahweh disappears. And I will give to you and your descendants after you the land of your sojournings in preparation of Genesis 26, where at the beginning we have a text in conjunction with Isaac in his land of sojournings, and a reminder to him that God will keep the blessing because Abraham did the will of God. All the land of Canaan, and I spoke enough about Canaan, for an everlasting possession, and that again applies only if we realize that Canaan is another term for the Syrian wilderness where all different kinds of flocks live and an area around which we have all the nations of chapter 10. And I will be their God again. Just read this chapter the first time and count how many times the word God is used. It is just impressive if not oppressive (laughs) and God said to Abraham as for you you shall keep my covenant you and your descendants after you throughout their generations now notice that in the case of Noah because the covenant was one-sided in other words it was only under the control of God the rainbow So Noah was not asked to keep anything. But here we have something where the human being is involved in preparation of the following covenant, which is the central covenant in Scripture, the covenant of the law, where people have to do the will of God. And here already we have the roots in the story of Abraham, Abraham, this is my covenant which you shall keep between me and you and your Zerah after you. 
notice that push and Paul plays in Galatians about who are the descendants, the zera, the sperma of Abraham, is those who fulfill that understanding of the covenant. It has nothing to do with being a Jew or not Jew. Every male among you shall be circumcised. You shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskins, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you. He that is eight days old among you shall be circumcised. Notice there is no choice. You don't ask someone who's eight days old, do you think you should be circumcised? Do you allow me to circumcise you? Did you think about it? No, no, no. They shall be circumcised. Okay, that's the only condition that they will be members of God's flock. And remember what I say again and again, the sheep has no decision in the matters. Every male throughout your generations, whether born in your house or bought with your money from any foreigner who is not of your offspring. Notice the play here on the words. In English, you don't hear the connection because earlier the same word Zerah was translated as descendants. Now suddenly you hear offspring. You think that it is different. No, it is the same word, which tells us that the zera of Abraham is a zera conditioned by God. It is because you are circumcised that you are the offspring of Abraham. Now, obviously, the author <laughs> understands the language and is playing on it that even someone who is not zera, remember, Zera is the seed, the sperm. It is biological. And yet, God is saying that someone who is not of your biological offspring will be also your son through, if I might push that, and we shall understand that later this is what it means, of every word that comes of my mouth. I give life. It's not only bread. And here God is showing that it is not sex per se. It is sex when it is willed and blessed by God. And soon in chapter 18, we shall hear about the top of spring Isaac that came through God's promise and not through intercourse between Abraham and Sarah which Paul picked up in Romans. But let's go to the text here. Both he that is born in your house and he that is bought with your money shall be circumcised. So shall my covenant be in your flesh an everlasting covenant. Now in my book, I took so many pages to explain why the choice of circumcision Obviously, the answer, it is anti-Greek. In other words, the Greek will have to submit 
to something he would never accept himself. Remember, the Greeks were proud of their bodies. That's why their gods look like them, and they look like their gods. You cannot differentiate between an Apollo and an Hercules or a Greek in the past. So it's a punch in the face and the heart of Greekdom that was brought in the area through Alexander of Macedon. And there is no other explanation, because we would say, but everybody did the circumcision. If everybody did the circumcision, then there is nothing special about it. And this is stated in Jeremiah also, chapter 25. There is nothing special. It is God that makes circumcision special. Why? Again, the only plausible answer that it's a punch in the face of the Greek to belittle the Greek. And that's the only way to understand it. And then slowly on, we have the movement towards the circumcision of the heart to make everybody understand it's not by flashing four skins or like scalps counting them, as Paul says at the end of Galatians, that you can show your commitment to God. No, you can show your commitment to the will of God if you are brought down and you indirectly bring down everyone who thinks that he is superior. So that is the function. I hope I answered it, and uh, <laughs> there is no need to question it, because any other explanation does not make sense. Any uncircumcised male who is not circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin shall be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. When you get to the law of Moses, you're going to understand the power of this statement. He shall be cut off, thrown out. You have to submit to the circumcision of the flesh, as God put it. And only he will give you his full view of the matter when he tells you, per se, this is not important. It is the circumcision of the heart that is important. Because he is the only one who imposes circumcision and its meaning. It's not that people say, let me tell you the meaning of circumcision and you start writing a book or an It doesn't work that way. You have to wait for God. And we'll have an invitation at the end of the chapter. Actually, it's already around the corner when Abraham will rush and so, oh, bless Ishmael. And God said, no, 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 Abraham, I'm not talking about Ishmael. I'm talking about Isaac. Let's pursue the text because there are a lot of linguistic tricks here. Very important. I love very much this text. And God said to Abraham, as for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. Why? Because I will bless her, and moreover, I will give you a son by her. I will bless her, and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of peoples shall come from her. See, Sarah is on the same level as Abraham. 
and later you'll understand because Isaac is going to come from her, not from Abraham. So this is what's happening now. But again, we have, if you like, a belittling Sarai in Hebrew means my princes, meaning the plural of prince. I have a lot of children. That is what means Sarai. Sarah by itself means princess. Princess means, you know, a queen is married and has children. A princess is not yet married. She doesn't have children. And you could make the leap to Isaiah about the new Zion, likened to Sarah and so on. But let's stick with the text now and push ahead. And comes 17, then Abraham fell on his face. And Isaac, that's what we hear in Hebrew, which is impossible to translate. It doesn't work even in Arabic. And that's the trick here, that Isaac was already on the mind of God. And when you understand that, you say, why did Abraham said to God, oh, that Ishmael might live in thy sight? No, 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 no. That's not what I said. So Isaac is already there. And as I present him, Abraham and Sarah was forced to call him Isaac so that they would always remember that they laughed at God. Sarah will have her turn, she will laugh at God in chapter 18, and God will tell them, laughs best who laughs last. You're going to call your son joke, and he will be the father of many nations, and everybody will remember that. It's really impressive. Once more in the original. According to me, it's worth to learn the biblical Hebrew just because of Genesis chapter 17. Obviously, I'm pushing my luck, but it's a nice way to put it. Shall a child be born to a man who is a hundred years old? Remember repetition of the age? 99, 100 would hear it again, and Paul picks on that in Romans 4. Shall Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? And Abraham said to God, all that Ishmael might live in thy side. Ishmael, remember, means El heard, listened. So Abraham viewed the son he and Sarah concocted. You remember Sarah asked him to sleep with her maiden and so on, that they realized the promise of God. No way, Jose, God says. I realize my promise. No one else realizes it. Realize in the sense of enact. God said, no, but Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. Remember in Hebrew? And Isaac shall be his name. Actually, in Hebrew, it's the same, and Isaac. And laughed is and Isaac in Hebrew. And in the original Hebrew, verse 19, we have, and you shall call his name Isaac. And 
I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his descendants after him. I already mentioned this, that it is through Isaac that the covenant will continue. And Paul picks this up in Galatians 4 when he says, we or you, depending on the manuscript, are children kata Isaac, according to Isaac. As for Ishmael, I have heard you. Behold, I will bless him and make him fruitful and multiply him exceedingly. He shall be the father of twelve princes, and I will make him a great nation. And we have a long chapter 25 detailing that, meaning that God is inclusive, not exclusive, as with the three sons of Noah. He does not forget Ishmael. He does not forget Esau, there are part of the nations. Notice, I will make him a great nation. And he has 12 children. Like Jacob, it is very powerful that in the view of God, he functions as someone within God's purview but the function of Ishmael is different than the function of Isaac The Bible as Literature is a production of the Ephesus School Network